Hello and welcome to 15 Minutes in Hell. I'm Ed Zitron. I ask the questions, they give me answers, you listen. Today I'm joined by Derek Guy, who you may know as the menswear guy and at dieworkwear on Twitter. Derek, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my pleasure. I'm starting the horrible little timer right now so we can keep going. So it feels like you kind of appeared overnight on Twitter. If, <laughs> yeah. like, ha- what happened there? How did you suddenly pop up? I honestly have no idea. If anyone's confused, I'm more confused than you are. Um, I had about 50,000 followers in, I want to say like late October of last year. And then I got into a brief spat with Dave Portnoy at Barstool Sports. He tried to release the watch brand and I criticized it. Yes. And then um, after that, my account started to grow greatly in numbers. Um after that spat with Dave Portnoy, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, I, I felt it was like a reasonably friendly spat, but it was a spat. Uh, Still Dave Portnoy. I, somebody, um, I criticized his watch brand because he was trying to sell $2,400 watches and the movement inside uh, for one of the watches cost $40. Um, and I criticized that. And then somebody said, um, how's that different from what Ralph Lauren does? They buy whatever, cashmere sweaters for $5 and they sell it for 500 So then I took a screenshot of that tweet and then I wrote a thread because I want to address it. So I said, you know, this is how the cashmere industry works and this is why I think cheap cashmere is bad and here's how much it costs to produce quality cashmere and here's where you can get quality cashmere if you don't want to pay hundreds of dollars. Um, and that went, that got a lot of attention. I had newspaper editors contacting me after that. And before this, my audience was basically people who already obsessive about men's clothing. So I, before this, was tweeting a lot of kind of, um, I guess like, I, I guess you characterize them as kind of in-group jokes. Like if you followed men's clothing obsessively, I would just tweet jokes about this kind of references to stuff that we, you know, us guys were into. Um, but that cashmere thread got a lot of attention. And then after that, I did a thread on how much it would cost to manufacture dress shirts in the United States. I did a thread on how to dress larger figures, larger male figures. And I found that people enjoy um, earnest, helpful information. I mean, that sounds kind of dumb and obvious, but, you know, like um, tweeting in-group jokes is fine uh, if you have like a, an account of 50,000 people who are already into clothing. But I found that tweeting stuff that was genuinely helpful that people could use and apply to their life was useful and um, or people found useful. And then my audience kind of grew after that. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Why do you think, though, because you have tons of people who love what you're doing, but why do you think you piss off some people so much? It seems like you get some very aggressive reactions for what you're talking about. I think people are mad at me for different reasons. One is a very reasonable reason. I mean, they're all, many of them are reasonable reasons. Um, but I think one of the most popular reasons is because I show up on their feed when they didn't ask for it. So I came into people's feeds after Elon Musk instituted the For You timeline. So it's this algorithm that recommends tweets to people. Right. And I just show up on a lot of people's timelines without them asking for it. And I can understand how that's annoying after a while. Um, so I think part of it's that the other part is that I attract a lot of criticism from people across the political spectrum, but often people on the left because they feel that fashion is frivolous 
it's a tool of capitalism, it's a waste of money, it's vanity, and it's all this, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and I try to dispel those kind of views. Um, I do think, I, I you know, fashion is not the most important thing in the world, but I think it's more important than some people say. And I th- also think, you know, before I start, my account started becoming very popular, um, I would tweet about a large range of aesthetics from like Japanese workwear to sometimes, you know, some, some kind of little bit of avant-garde stuff. But as mm-hmm. my account has grown, I feel that I can't really lean into that stuff. So I end up leaning more towards traditional tailoring because that's a visual language that people understand. So I'll mm-hmm. talk about suits and a lot of people who are progressive or on the left see suits as kind of oppressive or a symbol of capitalism and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I try to address some of those, those issues. Um, and then people on the right dislike me because, uh, Megan McCain's husband, I can't remember his full name, but his first name is Ben, um, got really mad oh, at yes. me be- because I, criticize conservatives often in my in my <laughs> tweets or I, I use them as examples of a bad outfit um wouldn't you say that's because a lot of them dress poorly so this is a very this is a complicated answer but the the right. short of it is that i feel it's distasteful to criticize someone's clothing because i could criticize your taste in music your taste mm-hmm. in books and films but if I criticize your taste in clothing and specifically clothing on your body, that is a very personal thing. So right. I would never post a photo of a random person on the street and say, this is a bad outfit. Cause I just think that's very bad, but hmm. or that's, it's, it's, it's a very distasteful thing to do. But I also, if I'm doing a thread about how to wear something better or why something is bad, there has to be a body underneath it. Like I can't just show a set of clothes. I have to say like, sure. this is why the suit doesn't fit. And if I have to choose someone, then I admit that I feel more comfortable criticizing Jordan Peterson or Matt Gates than I do a random person on the street. But I don't think that I, I admit that I have like a political leaning, like I've political beliefs, but you know, like I've criticized Chuck Schumer. Um, some people want me to really like lean into John Fetterman, but i like, I'm not going to do that because he was recently hospitalized for depression. Um, I just think that's really distasteful. I believe he had a stroke as well. Yeah. You know, like, same with Mitch McConnell. Like, he had some footwear choices that I think are aesthetically bad, but he also fell. And like, you're not going to, like, it's not going to, like, criticize a guy for wearing certain shoes because he fell, you know? So I think there's yeah, just a I- certain sense of, like, just like reasonable decency that I, you know, tried to uphold. But, um, but it's true that I will pick on certain people because I feel less bad about criticizing Jordan Pearson than, you know, like some random person on the street. I think that's fair. On a larger level, when looking at the people who get mad at you, I've noticed it's predominantly men. And it kind of made me think, why do you think a lot of men are so afraid of enjoying fashion? The obvious answer is that uh, clothing has been historically coded as frivolous and feminine. Interesting clothing is coded as frivolous and feminine. There was a there was a period called the fashion historians call the Great Renunciation, where before this period, um, you know, men wore like velvets and silks and these like crazy outfits. If you look at like you know the King of France, uh, King Louis, he you know he's wearing these crazy outfits, and you know men used to wear heels and all sorts of things that would be considered 
very outlandish today. And then with the rise of uh, the British Empire and, you know, Victorian England and these kind of movements, uh, men started dressing much more austere and then left fashion to women, essentially. So I think there is a lot of gender anxiety um, around men enjoying clothing because you're seen as possibly less masculine, but also possibly less intellectual, that you are more of an intellectual masculine person if you reject clothing altogether. But, you know, the effect is that you still end up wearing something. You still choose clothes. Men who say that they dress purely for comfort are not wearing skirts on a very hot day, even though a skirt might be very comfortable. Um, Or many men don't, not that all men don't, but, you know, many men don't. So, you know, I, I think it's fine. I don't think that everyone has to pay attention to clothing. I, I, for me, it's just a hobby, and um, I'm happy to share that interest and hobby with people. But I think it's fine if you say that you're not interested in. I don't. You know, I I strongly believe you should not judge people based on their clothing. So, right. I I don't care if someone dress you know dresses aesthetically in a non pleasing way. I think that's fine. How do you feel about Sheen or Shane? I never know how to say it. Do you think they're like evil and bad for the world? Do you think they're good? How do you feel think, about them? Uh, I think, yeah, I think it's it's bad. Um, the short answer is um, that Sheen and Zara and H and M, I they're so they they do this fast fashion model. Many people conflate the term fast fashion with cheap clothing. They think fast fashion necessarily means cheap clothing, and that's not. That's not the entire story because there's a lot of cheap clothing that's not fast fashion. Hanes, for example, is not fast fashion. Gap is not fast fashion. Fast fashion is a business model of bringing the trendiest looks at the moment to the store as fast as possible and selling it for as cheap as possible. And it came out of a U.S. kind of retail system of, you know, in the 80s, the U.S. was struggling to compete with foreign retailers. So they came up with a system to produce clothes and stock them, have low inventory levels, and then have an inventory management system where they could tell if like a certain shirt was selling out very quickly that season, and then they quickly Mm. manufacture it and then bring it to the store. This is different from the old-fashioned model where a designer would come up with an idea, make some samples, display them at a trunk show or, or not a trunk show, at a, at a trade show or um, a fashion show. People would order it. And the lead time between the idea coming into a designer's head and it hitting the market might be a year. It, you know, production time would be at least six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fast fashion system, they shorten that period. And now... Shein has like thousands of products and they're introduced to the site every day. Um, Zara and H&M have something like 60 or so drops per year. And the problem with that is that um, it just people buy clothes and they're trying to keep up with trends. And as soon as they buy it, they notice that everyone's wearing it and then it's no longer trendy and then they move on to the next thing. And not only does this create incredible waste but also for you to constantly cycle through trends like that you're buying very very cheap clothing because you know your clothing budget is only so big and then as you're producing such cheap clothing not only are you squeezing labor of the people that are making those clothes but you're squeezing garment wages around the world because now even u.s garment workers who are not producing fast fashion they might be producing a perfectly fine button down but since they are now competing against all of these 
cheaper clothes that are being imported, you're also squeezing the labor of people that are not producing fast fashion because we're all competing in the same space. I, you know, it's a very kind of cliche thing to say, but I think people should just, you know, buy less, buy better, buy clothes that you will want to wear for literally 10 years that you'll, that'll fit you, that will be in style, that fit your body, that fits your taste, that gives you enjoyment. And that way you produce less waste. You don't throw a bunch of unworn clothes into landfills and you can pay people more money. You don't have to, um, you know, you, you don't have to only spend $10 on a shirt because you're only spend it. You're only buying a shirt once every five years or so. Um, so to that point though, where is an ethical place to buy cheap clothing? Because sometimes, many, many times, people only have $10 to buy a shirt at that. Is like yeah. Costco good? Is there an ethical brand at a lower price point? So I do write, I just wrote a thread on Twitter about some places to get menswear deals. And it, this is a very complicated answer because there are places that are better than others. For example, I think Uniqlo, while not, you know, it's not the, the most ethical company, quote unquote, they're better than going to Shein. Um, right. the labor practices are better. Um, but if you as a person go to Uniqlo and you're only shopping based on these markers of like sustainability or whatever, and you buy a bunch of clothes and then you bring them home and they don't make you happy and they don't resonate with you. Well, that's not very good either because then you're going to end up throwing away the clothes and you're going to search for something else. So it's very difficult to give this answer because it's so multifaceted. It's also about you finding clothes that you love, that fit you, that um, give you enjoyment, as well as, you know, are made from materials that will age well, that is cut in a, in a style that, you know, looks good on you. It's, there's no, there, I, I can't just say go to the store because, you know, it's going to be different for everybody. But yes, there are, you know, um, Land's End, Aloe Bean, Uniqlo, Timberland, um, Carhartt, all of these places sell clothes that I think look stylish now and will look stylish in five, 10 years. But whether you particularly want to go wear them is a separate, separate question. Derek, thank you so much for coming on the show. Been such a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me on. No, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to 15 Minutes in Hell. I'm your host, Ed Zitron. You can find us on iTunes Podcasts, on my Substack, of course, Where's Your Ed.at. Please join us on the Where's Your Ed at Discord. That is chat.where'sYourEd.at. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>